Hello there and welcome to Community Life. Here we talk with the community experts about their life journeys and learn from each other. And today we have a conversation with Anna Maria Dorgo, learning and community consultant who catalyzes and spice learning up with international LD peer community LD shakers, a coach, mentor, facilitator with degrees in psychology and human resources, a lifelong learner, and as someone says, a crazy person. So, hello, Anna Maria. Oh, hi. Finally, I feel like I feel like we've met just one time somehow, and it's like the second conversation, and just like that, immediately community life conversation. Yes. So, let's do it right away. By the way, what is the weather in Amsterdam right now? It is very October in August weather uh, today we have some sun it's cloudy it it was raining for the past three weeks it's pretty chill around 20 degrees you know we go out with, with a jacket and with the cardigan and yeah very non-surprising for this part of the world to be honest it doesn't look that it's getting better so <laughs> It's fine. I was just talking to someone and they were uh, living in uh, uh, Spain, Portugal. So all of every, everyone I talked to from the south of Europe, they're like, wow, it's really hot. You know, the ground is burning. It's scorching hot. So I'm like, I, I keep <laughs> the rain. I keep the rain. I think it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, how's the weather in your, in your, uh, in your place? It's also very similar to rain, but it's like mm. sun is shining from mm. time to time. So it's like very, you know, like ups and downs, like very similar to freelancing or entrepreneurs' lives. So it's always like that. I have no ideas how to, you know, what to wear, because if you wear too much clothes, it might be hot. But yeah. then another second, it's totally cold. So it depends. And tell me, how how does your mood connect with the weather? Sometimes more than other times, to be fully honest. I think that if I like I like rain. I don't mind rainy days. Just when you have three weeks of no sunshine and gray skies, that that sometimes affects my mood. But usually when it's rainy, I get in the cozy up. I want to do some reading and drink some nice coffee mode. And when it's sun, especially in the morning, I'm like, let me grab that coffee to go and be in nature. And we have a, a park here uh, really close to us in, in Amsterdam with it. We're surrounded by water. So there's water everywhere, canals and lakes and all, all sorts. So it's just very peaceful, lot, lots of wild animals. So when the sun's shining, I'm kind of like exploring mode. And when it's rainy, I'm cocooning mode. What do you like more? cocooning mode or exploring mode mm, it's hard i like both i like both yeah i can't i can't really say i have a very very strong connection to autumn and fall so cocooning and that's i really like that mode um and also i feel that for like in the past years maybe ever since like general school or high school i don't know if i associate the coming of autumn with um starting the school or university mm. like for me it's very new beginnings like 
so that's why also this cocooning i for for some people might be very reflective but for me i get a, also a lot of ideas when it's raining when i'm with my book when i'm you know looking out the window or like enjoying my coffee that's like my brain is my brain is not cocooning my, my brain is never cocooning <laughs> i might be cocooning but my brain is uh your brain will never let you do that. No. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I can totally relate to this autumn thing because, you know, it was always like school or university. And I don't remember how long time ago it was. And still, mm. I totally feel exactly like you that it's like, it's, it's almost a new year in September, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I also, if I look back, my a, lo a lot of big life changes happened kind of in autumn like towards the end of the moving country or very often new roles i i don't know how and it maybe it's just self-fulfilling prophecies like i just spot spot them but yeah you need to you need some changes in your life undoubtedly <laughs> and you know during the festival control to culture i saw this video so they told that oh. anna maria is a crazy person and you told that you are crazy about communities. But still, if we talk the word community away, how crazy person are you? I'm not. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And you are telling uh, me this with having skateboard behind of you? Yeah, which I never use. That's a, <laughs> that's, it's a funny story. Uh, well, it's, it's not really funny. Uh, my uh, boyfriend bought it and he really thought that he's going to learn how to ride it took it out twice sprained his ankle the second time <laughs> and that was the end of it and now it's it's here it's it's a decorative shelf uh I'm I'm not a crazy person to be honest I don't do crazy things I'm not very adrenaline junkie I don't have any extreme hobbies adventurous spirit or something like that i don't tend to put my life in danger so depends what depends what you what crazy means to you but uh, yeah i i don't know how they uh, i don't know how they this they i don't know what they translated <laughs> i don't know what went wrong in the translation <laughs> for them to call me a crazy person but i thought that was that was funny um, I'm not. I'm just a regular person. Yeah, so you shared once that you drew the entire human digestive system on a huge canvas while in high school. So why did you oh do God. that? Where do you find these things? <laughs> Where Internet. Did I share that? Internet. What it is lives that? it lives forever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that really makes me go back to my digital footprints to be like, hmm. Uh okay. Yes. Why did I do that? Was the question? Yeah. I guess I don't know. I love I love drawing. I still love to draw. Um, I am not particularly good at it, but I think I have some potential to potentially. I could be good at drawing, but I never really spend enough time to hone that skill and really insist and and get better at it. But in I was in high school and uh, I just liked to, I think ever since I was about like, yeah, general school, high school, and then continuing up until today, I always liked to have some sort of project outside of 
my regular agenda, things that I had to do, which back then was school. I had, you know, you had your lessons you had to learn. You had to get good grades and so on. Now you, you have to go to work, <laughs> so on. So there's always this serious life that we have to live. And then I liked always to have something on top, of, which wasn't necessarily a hobby. It was more like a project. Mm. And so in high school, we used to do a lot of um, attending contests, like on a on a regional level, on a national level for for years. I think I think we've done we've been for eight years almost every year it was called a first aid responder <laughs> whatever contest I guess you could call it um so that was one of the things and then yeah because I like to draw uh the the biology teacher was also our I don't know how you call it the class class leader I, I don't know how you call the mm -hmm, teacher that mm -hmm. kind of takes a class at least that was I'm, I'm from Romania so that was kind of how we had we, we were structured so every class had their had a teacher that was their I don't know representative yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was very close to her and then uh, all of our like digestive system and all of this all of the systems nervous and the veins and everything they were really old and then I said you know what I'm just going to draw new ones <laughs> for us and I finished one I don't even know what happened to it I don't know if she probably just put it somewhere to side and thanked me and was like well done and we're just going to hide this one away from everyone else but I just and, and, and I was spending time drawing after classes so my colleagues would go home and I would stay every now and then for like an hour or two alone with music to just draw the thing is that crazy? Maybe, maybe according to some people's definitions. It depends, you know, everyone's somehow crazy. So you never yeah. know. And talking about drawing, when did you start drawing? I can't really pinpoint. I think always like as kids, yeah, I guess that as kids, we we always pick up some colors and we, and we try to draw. And then in school you have we had drawing classes or arts classes all the time and i just really i i just picked it up i just stayed with that um up until i went to university then life got crazy and then i picked it up again um in my previous previous role as a hobby or let's say taking a mental break from life, uh, kind of a coping mechanism, relaxation technique. But I can't really pinpoint to something. I remember just being very active with it, just like drawing drawing a lot to, to the point that my mom, um, so in Romania, we get to choose and apply for high school. I guess it's the same everywhere. So mm -hmm. my mom encouraged me a lot to, to go to uh, arts high school. I didn't end up doing that. But yeah, I, I remember sh her being very supportive of kind of like my artistic explorations. And, and in the end, I ended up doing just a real, sci a real science high school, which was the opposite of arts. <laughs> real science. Uh, but yeah, so like just very science, science or oriented arm for high school type. Why so? So... Um, we had, I grew up in a village in Romania, 
and believe it or not we had a high school it wasn't a super small one it was kind of like a the biggest village around the villages around <laughs> but we had we had a high school so i uh, i stayed at, lived at home with my parents and went to school in that village up till the age of 18 when i went to university and so we only had two high schools like arms specialization one was the the real science or the sciences arm and then the other one was the um, i guess you could call it the literature mm-hmm or like the soft soft science um that was the thing i was really good at actually that was the one that i was supposed to be doing if we were true to you know kids being able to identify their talents and picking careers or like development paths that are matching their inclinations and talents and passions um i didn't do that I picked totally the opposite and there was a very plain reason for that. All of my friends were going there and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm (laughs) going to go wherever my friends are going. And, you know, I'm not sure if you grew up the same, but for us, and I think that in a lot of places, still everything that has to do with science, math, chemistry, and so on, is seen as the real, more important, more future oriented. That's where the smart kids go. That's what you have to pursue. So in the light of all that, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick that one. It was fine in the end, but it was so clear that my strength was the other side. Languages, literature, just arts in general. And that was my strength. You know, it reminded me of the community building itself, because sometimes mm. when you talk to people and they're asking what are you doing in your tenant community building, and they're like, yeah, okay, but what are you doing for money? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I ha- I'm struggling to explain what I do for work. Like very few people get, if I say I build communities or I'm a community designer, community builder, whatever. What is your best try? What is your best explanation of what community I'm, I'm, is? Every time I explain this, I try a different path to see what sticks. <laughs> but I usually just tell people that I, I build, I bring people together globally in a virtual in a virtual space whether that's you know in, in in terms of being in the same room using zooms butters teams whatever and i facilitate conversations connections learning exchange amongst people that have a common a, a shared interest and because i come from a background in learning and in hr i tend to say that i I tend to add that I design collective learning experiences, which is not far away from the truth because really my, let's say, area of expertise in communities, communities of practice or learning communities. So that's not far away from the truth. But whenever I say that it's just social learning, people learning from each other, connecting and learning from each other, they're like, oh, okay, I think, I guess. Are there any follow-up questions after that? Not a lot. It depends <laughs> who I talk to, right? So some people are more inquisitive, but but if you talk, if I usually talk to someone that has like a very an old profession, like they work in law, they're lawyers or they're doctors or something, they don't ask further question. And <laughs> everyone else, if they work in marketing or communications or especially learning, etc., 
they're usually more inquisitive and they ask questions, but how does that look like? And how, how do you do that? So it really depends. Do, do you have the same experience? Like, do you feel the same? I am also always telling that I'm connecting people just mm. as like Nokia did. So, and people, oh, Nokia, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and they probably think you work in telecommunication or something. Yeah, most likely, but yeah, I, know, I, don't, I don't really care. And, you know, I promised not to use the word community, but I feel like we already use it so much. So let's start from the beginning. Tell me about your parents. Who are they? So my parents are very, uh, let's call, let's sim just simple, regular people. We grew up in, in Romania and I'm, I'm, I was born in 86. So I was born in communism and everything that followed afterwards. So times were looking totally different back then as I, as I was a kid and growing up. Um, my mom did all sorts of jobs. She is very, I don't, just very, like her fear to me is a very strong woman, a very proactive woman. Uh, she worked for many years when I was a kid in a hospital mm. as a receptionist. And ergo, she knows how to kind of like give you the injections all that although that was not she wasn't a nurse or something um she just learned she really learns very fast then she as i grew up she started working in germany every summer in munich in the beer garden so she did that which is something very common for Romania. It's very common for Eastern Europe. She speaks German. Mm. And that was a great opportunity to go when we were on, on school um, break and then uh, make money and come back home and resume her, her, her just the work that she was having um, at the hospital and she worked in a store. So uh, that was her. And now she has... After COVID, she has an office job and she had to learn to use the computer after never having used it in her life. It was a <laughs> steep learning curve. But now after a year and a half, she's kind of like, yeah, I understand what this is. And I'm very proud of her. She's a very big role model to me. And my dad, my dad is a car mechanic. Um when I was a kid, he used to work in factories. That was very popular in communist Romania. There were factories everywhere. And then after that whole glow <laughs> kind of vanished and uh, he he started working as a mechanic at home. So mm. he is, and both are, of them are self-taught. So they didn't went to university. I was the first uh uh, the first person, let's say, the first generation together with my cousins to go to university, my sister. So they're simple people that grew up in a village and kind of made the best of this life. And really with that, the grit, just like flexibility to ditch everything that life throws your way, it was very inspiring to see growing up. Um and they created a beautiful life for me and my sister. I have a younger sister, four years younger than me. Um, so, yeah. 
that's them. And how did they create the best life? So mm. how did they do it? Yeah. So um, se several ways. First, they relentlessly worked and tried to provide. And when we went to university, is um, they paid the rent for us. In Romania, you have the university state university, so they have always a certain amount of spots reserved mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the kids with the highest grade, so they don't pay for university, and then the the rest pay for it. So me and my sister, we were you know very clever kids, <laughs> so they didn't have to pay for university, but they did pay for rent. So we didn't live in the student housing. They rented the flat. Um, the moment I went to university, for me, Im imagine growing up in a in a Romanian village, going to the big city just opened up the yeah. world. It I suddenly feel like, gosh, there's so much more to what I thought reality was. <laughs> and so I started getting a lot involved with student organizations and wanted to go to uh, research summer schools and European congresses and so on, which all required money. And my parents were always there to make that happen for us. Yeah. So I saw them just, they were fighters. They never complained. They always find ways, very reserveful, very like goal getters, doers, just very like ah, badasses, you know? <laughs> so that on one hand, then on the other hand, they're very open-minded and very tolerant. So we, we didn't grow up in a place with much diversity of any kind, uh, cultural, gender, like in the village that we grew up, everyone was very much looking very similar and living very similarly. And then as we grew up and kind of went into the world and so on, we, we obviously we bring those conversation back into the home mm -hmm. and I found my parents very open-minded and tolerant with respect to other people's diversity and that was I didn't expect that because I thought when you grow up your whole life in a certain use like in a certain tiny box which that village rep like what that village represents to me in that context for them to be able to open up their mind or they're not you know, highly educated, they didn't went to universities, diplomas, and so on. That was such a, I'm very proud of them. I'm proud that they are able to just keep that their minds open towards new experiences and thoughts and ideas and pause their judgment, like not lead with judgment. And yeah, so that, that was, that, that was a beautiful thing to see. Um, my parents do. Mm. Are they biased in something? Come again? Who? My parents? Are they? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Like we're all biased on many things, right? I, I don't think they're, they're not biased. Uh, I think they're more, sometimes when I noticed that they ask sometimes questions is uh, with regards to especially our work life. Mm -hmm. 
So like changing jobs, moving careers, like I pivoted from HR and I had what many would consider a really good job with, you know, a lot of responsibility, big teams, all that. People think to learning and development and moving countries. And then now people think to community building, which is, you know, not really something that they get or they understand. So every time I was faced with that decision, they always supported me, no matter what I decided. But the questions were like, but why do you want to change? But it's like, I don't know if that's like bias. It's more the, they were used to, if you find a good job, you hold on to that job. Mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. for as long as you can, right? That's kind of how they grew. Uh, and so this, I'm going to change because I want to learn something new and do something new. That That's something <laughs> that they don't know much about in their class. But why do you want to search for something new and like kind of start again? And you may make it hard and difficult for you. Why don't you stay here? Like, and they constantly, but aren't you not happy? Isn't this like, is it hard? Or it's like, no, there's nothing wrong. I just want to change. So <laughs> I, I think they're, yeah, they're somehow maybe they see that differently, but they always, uh, no matter what I ever decided or launched at them, they were always go for it. If you thought about it and you, this is, this is the path you want to go down to, we're here for you. What is mm-hmm. the first memory of your childhood that comes to your mind right now? So I think there was, ah, did someone ask me this? Maybe in a conversation, I don't remember. Um, So I was playing a lot teacher. (laughs) I have the memory of my plush animals and all all the dolls. And when I say all the dolls, there there weren't many, but there were some dolls that I had. that I kind of spread around the house, like on on the bed, on the the couch and on the... (laughs) chairs and everything and me being the teacher with of course a stick to kind of um punish them when they were they weren't when they weren't (laughs) learning and Mm -hmm. uh I had my like just random papers from newspapers that I was like and I was squeezing them and testing them and then I was taking them back and then I was uh and that was me by myself with my animals I liked a lot this um which is funny when you think that I ended up being a um like a trainer or a facilitator leading like trainings or sessions or organized conferences or like being in in front of people and with people and surrounded by people I was like oh that was the train the trainer the facilitator gene in me that even back then I think I think those those are some of some of my like when you asked that was the one the first picture that came to mind and then um just playing a lot outdoors, like in the summer. In Romania, we have the four, where we used to have the, the four seasons. <laughs> so summer was just, you were outside. The weather was amazing. You were outside four or five months of the year, um, playing with leaves and just dirt, whatever we could find. You didn't have this crazy computers and Zooms and all the stuff and social media. And it was so fun, so easy to go get out there and never come back. (laughs) I had my uh, mobile phone in high school. I think I was on the 11th grade when I got, when my parents bought me a phone. And then I was, and I had my laptop at university because I needed a laptop. 
um or like yeah other people we, we we even used to like first years i used to go to a internet cafe do you remember it? yeah exactly it was one of the best things you know you can only have and currently you can stick, play and connect yeah you can connect currently with everyone but before you could go only there to even I'm I'm not even talking about learning, you know. It was all about playing games with your friends and like. like for me, it was my email. Like I was checking email once a week when I was going to the internet cafe, and then I had the emails and I was answering them, and that was it. And you constantly had a memory stick. I'm like, oh, I haven't had, I haven't used the memory stick in a long while now. But you constantly had your memory sticks with are your like papers and articles, yeah. <laughs> Still so fight. I have so many lying around. Do you still use, like, do you find yourself? I have a lot of archives, like, on them. So sometimes I use them as a, like, I just have an external drive where I kind of store my documents. But a, a memory to kind of, like, move things from one to the other is like, ah. Everything lands now in books on my on my, on my iPhone, right? All of the docs and everything. I carry yeah. them around in my phone. But, yeah, good times. I even have floppy yeah, disks somewhere. <laughs> I, I yeah I see I I was I had we didn't had a I haven't I have not caught that time I remember them from school because we had computers at school some computers but what we were already like we had laptops when, when we first had our first computer we had our laptops we didn't have them so I never really used floppy disks because it's so fun I I know I believe that there are people currently who never even used CDs, who never even I had am. laptops with CDs. For sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are people that, or they look at the Walkman and like, what, the what is this? Or like, had you, or the, yeah, or the cassette, right? Yeah, you know, we sound like an old people right now, but <laughs> I, I, I totally relate to those things. And you know, once you shared that your family is in Romania and you mm. having long video chats with them while cooking. Mm. So who do you have conversations with from your family? Mom, mom, dad, mom and dad. I talk with them both at the same time. And then sister or sometimes sister and mom kind of conversations or sometimes just sister. Are they also cooking at this moment? everyone's doing their thing <laughs> like i i mainly i mainly do that when i cook or when i just do like laundry or have to fold stuff or just like do things around the house um but when i cook it's perfect because because i'm not moving like i'm just like chopping and do so they can also see me um and i i i i'm not a good i i'm not i don't like cooking so I use that time to chat with them and kind of immerse myself in a pleasant conversation and not having to think and be aware of the fact that I have to cook and I don't like it. <laughs> so that's that. And uh, I'm not the, I'm not a fat because I don't like it. I'm not really good at it. I'm not very fast at cooking. So it takes forever. And then so it's like, oh, per the perfect 40, 50 minutes to, to chat with, <laughs> with my family. What are you usually chatting about? Gosh, everything. Um, so we usually start with it's it's very much updates updates based. So we start one by one with 
in, in whatever we have to share. Either it's uh, um, work, usually for me and my sister. Um, so we start with work and uh, things we're doing or friends and then mom and dad, they share an update again from their life and work and animals and what are the dogs doing and all the cats and everything. So we take like the whole the whole animal animal kingdom because they obviously they live it they have a big yard with a lot of animals and then uh, they do updates like the village neighbors who died who got married what's happening who had kids all of that uh so that's a big a big thing and then i sometimes do updates in terms of work and my mom has this very nice fun habit every now and then she googles me <laughs> She finds podcasts or kind of if this, you know, this thing lands on YouTube and then there's that. And so she's, she's talking me and then she's going to try to, she speaks some English. She's trying to, oh, you, you talk there and who were they and what are they doing? What are you talking about? And so she constantly asks me, are you going to any conference? Are you, she just likes to see how I keep, how, how I keep busy. Uh, so that's also big on the agenda. Um and the you the typical what are you eating? What are you cooking? <laughs> what are you cooking exactly? <laughs> mom, mom, mom questions. <laughs> mom, mom stuff. <laughs> I can imagine. And you know, you also shared that you were traveling for 10 years before settling yeah. up in the Netherlands. So what countries were you living in? Hmm. So I left Romania in 2012 for the first time, did an internship, went back for a couple of months and then moved. Um, my sole country is Germany. Yeah. I'm very attached to Germany. Um, I like the language. I speak the language. I like the people. All of the experience that I've ever made in Germany were very beautiful, impactful, just wonderful memories. So I had the strong connection to Germany and I did my internship there and uh, previously like high school exchanges and so on. So I was always, Germany was kind of like on my radar. And when I moved, I moved there first. So I lived in Frankfurt for almost three years. I worked in retail, fast fashion, clothes, clothing store for Spanish brand. I worked in the store for the first six months and then I got the HR business partner role for Germany and Germany is a very big country we had six stores all over the place from Cologne mm. to Berlin to Frankfurt to Stuttgart and Mannheim and so on and I was traveling um, I was working Mondays from home then I was traveling Tuesday to Friday train hotels and all that fun stuff um, then I moved to Barcelona I got a new role and that was where the headquarters were of the company And that was an international HR business partner. So the same role, but at a bigger scale, I guess you could call it. So I was now, instead of traveling to one country, I was traveling to other countries and um, mainly Europe. I overlooked for a time Russia. So I get to travel to Russia several times. And yeah, then I was flying uh, from Tuesday to Friday, every week, except maybe two, three weeks the whole year and the holidays when I was not traveling. Otherwise, my life was in a luggage, in a hotel, 
in a train, in a plane, somewhere in Europe. And why did you decide to settle in the Netherlands? So my uh, my boyfriend lives uh, lives here. We're both Romanians. We know each other from back home, and um, I was the first one to leave for my internship. I was a year in Germany, and then when I come back, I think it was the f a week before I moved back to Romania. He got a role in the, in in Amsterdam, mm. and he moved here, and he 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 stayed here. It's. I don't know if you've been. It's a beautiful city. It's a small, cozy city, but with everything that a big city has, you, you bike everywhere. It's very green. It's very nature-like. The Dutch culture is—it's like good life balance. People, you know, they—they—they they, they value their time with family, their time outside of work. It's just, we found that it had, it ticked a lot of boxes and it wasn't Germany. It isn't Germany, but it's in terms of a, uh, the economy in general, how the, how the, how everything's structured for us. It's very similar to the, the Nordic style. Let's, let's say, because I lived in Barcelona, it was beautiful. But for me, I always knew that that was a, a, a project in the sense that I, my time there is limited and I enjoyed it to the maximum, but I was like, oh, this is so similar to home in not always the, the best comparison. <laughs> um, and I guess I'm just, I when it comes to living, I'm just much more, both me and him, much more attracted to, to Northern Europe mm. countries. Germany, Belgium, Austria, Switzerland, Netherlands. Um, and so here we are with this beautiful weather. <laughs> also, you shared that uh, by traveling, you trained your adaptability muscle yeah. and uh, your concept of home has changed. So how it changed? Mm. Oh, I, uh, I, used, I have this conversation every now and then I talk to someone that again is from somewhere and their parents are from somewhere else and they grew up somewhere and now they're living somewhere else so this these people that are just from, from from all over the from all over the place and somehow we always ended up talking about that like where's home for you and what how does that feel like and it's changed because everywhere is is home and it's very different and of course Romania is home home that's my language. I nothing surprised. It's just part of who I am, right? My parents are there, my friends are there. Beautiful memories. Half of my life so far is there, more than half. So it's that is home. And I am Romanian and I never miss an opportunity to tell people that I'm Romanian. Although I don't live in Romania now for 10 years. Uh so that is home, but everywhere I live. I, I coming home, coming to that place felt like coming home. I got attached to the city. I got attached to my flat, the place I, I lived in. I was oh it was always very important to me to live somewhere that feels cozy and feels welcoming because I was traveling so much. And then it was important to arrive somewhere on a Friday and feel like, Ah, I can just, you know, like unwind and breathe and recenter and rest and be creative and recharge and all that. 
Um, and I, I don't know if speaking different languages, except, but I don't have this. I, it's very hard to explain because I, I feel that this is home. Whenever I go to Romania, I feel like, oh, I'm coming home and, I, and there are some, there's the familiarity and so on. But then when I land in Amsterdam, I'm like, I'm home as well. <laughs> <laughs> and there's different things that you like and dislike everywhere you live, no matter where you live. But the speaking of the language, the friends you make, again, the memory. But at the same time, it's it doesn't, because I moved so much and somehow I always managed to create that certain feeling of home for me. I don't suffer from not being home. Mm-hmm. That That would be hell. I know a lot of people that have moved or went to work somewhere else. They suffer from not being at home. Yeah. They genuinely every day, they miss home. Like they're miserable. I never had that. So I don't miss home that dramatically. And it's just, I guess that's this flexibility or adaptability. Everywhere is home and nowhere is so strong of a home feeling that it makes it unbearable not to be there. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's always you know the place you come coming back, the place where you are attached to, and like doesn't matter if you are living there for I don't know mm-hmm. ten years or one week, it's it's your home. So basically, yeah, I totally I totally get what you are talking about, and I was recently also thinking about like what is home, and for me, I understood you know when the war started in Ukraine. So basically. We, we had to move to the western part to be in a safe space. And it was like, you know, I would say the first long-term move mm. during, since my, I don't know, 30 years or something like that. And I was like, but what is really home? Is it the exact apartment where you lived? Or is there people who are around you and how you feel? You know, and I understood mm. that, like, I don't really care about exact place. Mm. It's all it's all about people and, you know, feelings and all this stuff. So mm. I, I feel then, like... Then, then you get it. Then, then you understand what I mean. It's always very hard to explain that, you know, yeah. what is home. I don't know. It's just a place where you can... Yeah, it's a place where you exhale, feel good. You know, and just be, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I've heard stories about being homesick and all this stuff, and like, nope, my home is always with me. You know, so mm-hmm. it's never homesick. That's that's a that's a big strength, I believe, to be able to carry home in your soul. You know, that's that's a big strength because then it allows you to say yes to opportunities, to to not be afraid of change and exploring where that's moving, new jobs, whatever. It's just, it's free. It's freedom, right? I think it adds to a certain. And and I feel like and I feel like it's really a point you're giving here that maybe like I have no ideas like what other people feel who have this mm-hmm. homesickness, but I believe that it's like afraid. They are just afraid to change. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. I don't know, but it's what I feel. So if you are afraid to change something then definitely like you know as mm. some old people say like previously it was better so it's it's very similar to that like at home it was better but once again... I, I understand that perspective as well i have really good friends that 
they're happy with where they are, stable jobs. They live in Romania. They bought a house and that is home for them. And that's the reality. The only reality that they want to know. And then they holiday once or twice a year somewhere else. And they kind of fulfill the need that they have for that, you know, adventure. And then, and then that's that. And that's, it's perfectly fine. It was like, I always, I, I had that I knew already for a quite a young age that I'm not going to live in Romania. Mm. Why so? I just had this. I just had this. I don't even know if it's a feeling or if it it was just a drive, like a wish or something within, like that I wanted, like I wanted to initiate. I always it wasn't a we didn't live in comfort, like we didn't grow up in comfort. I'm not saying that it was bad or anything, but we didn't grow up in in a com in in, comf in comfort. And so, yeah. you know, I I saw my parents proactively like the, creating opportunities for themselves, going out there, like fighting elbows left and right to create the life that they that they deserve. Um, so it was. And maybe it has something to do with, again, the time, post-communist, like Romania, it's still a very corrupt country. It's still, you know, it's getting better, but it's very yeah. hard to compare with, with Germany or with the Netherlands or Belgium or UK or, or so, so on. So I always, ever since I was little, I thought like I knew that there's other countries where it's, it's better because you don't have to, you don't have to, be be the propeller the environment the system is mm. supporting you yeah and in romania you have to be constantly the propeller the change maker that you need to fight against you need to create you need to and i i does that sound familiar to you i don't know because because you're you're from ukraine so maybe maybe it's the same i've never been but maybe it's similar to maybe what i'm talking about is similar to you but on on one hand i i talked i have a lot of obviously very good romanian friends and many of them that live abroad many of them that live in amsterdam as well and we constantly talk about this the fact that growing up in that environment this kind of you need to nothing gets done for you you have to create literally build windows and doors and opportunities for yourself so you you grow up very resourceful, you know, like you grow up very, I'm going to try this. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to do that. Then it's like, it's, it's very, we're very like fast on our feet in general and kind of like, oh, this doesn't work. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll try this way. So nothing really phases you or there, there's very little things like around to, to at least the, the things that you feel that you have some sort of degree of control over it's very hard to get faced by those because you're like hey man i like this tick tick this thing this da, 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 da. well like we'll make it work <laughs> so that that helped i a, a big part I, I think of my resourceful personality or flexibility adaptability not being scared knowing that no matter what life throws you know you you will find some resources within you or outside to 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 deal with that so i'm grateful for that actually i'm very very grateful but yeah i somehow always knew that 
I always had Germany on my mind, to be honest. I was like, I'm going to live in Germany. I want to live in Germany. I'm going to be in Germany. <laughs> I feel like it's like, you know, do it yourself. So yes. living in Romania and same in Ukraine, you have to do it yourself. So if you try, you receive, you have like mistakes, you do mistakes, you learn on them. So there are not that many people who really care about you and want you to succeed there are more people who like want to prevent you succeeding but mm -hmm. if you are succeeding then you are succeeding because you made so many mistakes and built so much muscles like all mm -hmm. this stuff so and and yeah you know i i totally believe that having those skills let's say romanian skills in europe it's it's just amazing <laughs> It's definitely, sometimes it feels like an unfair advantage because I'm thinking, yeah, if you grew up with <laughs> just a, just the environment facilitating things for you and you never have to fight or think or fear or like MacGyver your your way through life, <laughs> mm. then, then yeah, then it sometimes feels like an unfair advantage because we kind of had to, you know, be scrappy about things and just like push further. It's like, oh, you speak English and German and Spanish. I'm like, yeah, you have to, because if you grew up in Romania and you speak Romanian, you know that in order, you know, you need to speak up other languages because Romanian has no value. Whereas <laughs> exactly. if you grow up in Spain or in the UK, or saying you speak English or Spanish, you're like, well, do I have to? I don't. I don't have to. There's no need, right? So that's it's the way the environment shapes, and of course, there's a personality, like everything, like there's there's other factors there but in general it toughens it toughens it toughens one <laughs> definitely tell me a story about how did you meet your headphones these ones how did i meet them yes so i met them i remember it very fondly like it was yesterday um <laughs> I met them under the Christmas tree. Okay. Um, Santa brought them to me. Um, and it was so funny because uh, yeah, my, my, boy, my boyfriend bought them to me and uh, for me for Christmas. And he had no gift wrapping uh, to kind of wrap the, the, the box. And so he found my sticky notes. And the <laughs> box was like covered in colored sticky notes on all sides so I kind of had to like I took sticky by sticky to be like ah! uh, surprise and then I use them a lot in almost all the in almost all my events they're very comfy I like I can imagine you know and that's exactly what I'm asking because if I see you if first I see headphones and I oh it, definitely Anna Maria so you can even be turned around and I will understand that it's you so I, I I also have smaller ones but I don't know why I yeah sometimes mostly I, those when ones. I'm at my desk I prefer this ones but when I'm like out and about, of course like I never I would never go leave my flat and be in the tram with these ones on so then I have like the uh, small ones the airpods you told uh, that when you are going out, when you have a good weather, you like to take a coffee to go. So do you love or just like coffee? Love. How much do you love it? A lot. 
I started drinking coffee quite late, like in my 20s. I think I was 20, 21 or 22. Maybe that's normal. I don't know. Um, and I drink, uh, first of all, I drink filtered coffee. So it's not extremely strong. It's not like a espresso super and then I warm up milk and I drink with milk. So it's more of a cappuccino, if you mm-hmm. like, type mm-hmm. of type of situation. And um, I drink maybe four, four or five, like five. I, I drink, definitely drink two in, two in the morning. And I drink maybe, depending how late I eat lunch, maybe three before I eat lunch. And then definitely one after lunch if I don't spill it. Like, <laughs> it's a day with you. But, and then one at around four, four or five. So, yeah, I just, I rarely drink tea. I drink tea when I'm sick or in winter, sometimes, like in the evenings in winter. And otherwise it's coffee and it's really bad because I constantly have a coffee cup that I sip from. Mm-hmm. I rarely drink water. I have to remind myself, you need to drink water, you need to hydrate, because obviously coffee is the worst because it also dehydrates you. So sometimes I think that my brain is just like a small, like a, um, (laughs) how do you call that? Uh, Bean? You know, when the the grapes are like... uh, Uh, Okay. I understand what you're, but I'm the same, not native English speaker, so... (laughs) I don't know how you so call fun. those. Yeah, when the 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 grapes are dry and you have those dry fruits, I feel oh, that my brain grapes. is like, yeah. But let's call them old grapes. Old grapes. Old grapes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And you told that you like cappuccino, and you reminded me of my love journey with coffee. So how it works? Uh, basically, I drink four fifths of a cup it's milk and only one fifth is coffee and um, it's a nice story when my wife uh, buys she really likes coffee so she know all the sorts and differences Mm. and all this Nicaragua and all Mm. this and I was like okay and she was like oh by the way did you notice like how do you like this sort of coffee I was like I don't know. If you change milk, I will notice, but I have no ideas about the coffee. So how it works for you? Do you love those sorts and do you know how to pick them? No, (laughs) I don't know how to, I don't know much. So I don't have an education or I haven't read or anything. Uh, I also don't, you know, there are these people that uh, they look at the, um, temperature of water the <laughs> how much it's similar, like different techniques or they weight like their coffee like x grams of coffee for the different I don't do that I have my filter and I the one thing I would tell you is that I don't like the coffee to be bitter so I don't go for dark roasts I go f- usually for medium like lower if possible lower acidity and lower roast like a mild um I, I go for those and I try to be more mindful I guess of the provenience and how it was sourced so if I find fair trade biological I go for that uh instead of the the typical big brands big coffee brands um that's it what's and your favorite coffee shop 
I we have one very close to home. Um, it's called this coffee bar espresso or something. I think it's just it's just the a um a, a neighborhood co uh, coffee place, but they have again like homemade cakes and really good coffee and just a nice ambiance. I I I don't have a favorite. As long as it's cozy and the coffee is good according to my tastes and there's something sweet again that it's homemade or organic or buy or like, I'm like, yes, I can deal with that. Count and me I, like, in. I like coffee. I like coffee spots or cafes in um, bookstores mm. or in museums. Why? Because I... I like bookstores and museums are some of my favorite places to hang, to be honest. I, they relax me. They inspire me. I feel calm, relaxed, centered for some reason. And I, and I, and I do that a lot. I go to a museum every time I get the opportunity. If I travel somewhere for sure, there's a, at least one museum on the list, no matter how beautiful the weather is outside. And it's not the weather for the museum. I'm like, there's always weather for the museum. <laughs> and um, there's some, there's something about, I like, I like art again. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a collector. I, I'm not crazy with like, the different artists and learning a lot about their techniques. I don't go in that depth. I just appreciate beauty and I like to be surprised. And what mm -hmm. I most like in museums, I guess it's the, how they arrange the space, mm -hmm. like the whole, the whole room or how you move from room to room. I, I, I'm, I noticed that that captures so much more my attention, the whole vibe and atmosphere and how the different rooms are different than the rest with the lights, with the paints, with everything, than a specific art piece in itself. That as well, but the whole experience and immersion. And so because I, and bookstores, bookstores the same. I like magazines, books. Um, some of my... I tend to get a lot of inspiration from magazines, actually. Um, just all sorts of things, especially design or again, arts or design or kind of like alternative signs or independently produced signs. And once again, beyond the content, I look at what's the materials? Did they mm. cut it in the weird shape? Have they added something? Can I play with it? Can I cut it? Can I, like, can, how can I interact with that piece of, like, con content? Um, so because I like those environments and they stimulate me a lot, there's always some sort of a coffee break involved. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, you know, by the end of that experience. So that's why like cof coffee shops in bookstores or museums are like, ah, a nice, that's the cherry on top. After all that balm for the soul is like, and now a coffee and a, and a cookie or a cake. Like, <laughs> wow. Yes. That's my definition of a nice day. That's exactly what I'm asking because, you know, from my experience, usually they are not paying too much attention to the quality of coffee mm. in the museums and coffee store and coffee bookstores yeah. because it's like so they have something. 
Yeah. So that, that, that is how that starts. On the, yeah, that's true. The, <laughs> the, 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 you don't, people don't usually go to a museum for the coffee. For the yeah, it's like an addition, I know. <laughs> it's and, an afterthought, yeah. And but can some you imagine? of them have nice, yeah. yeah like in Amsterdam, there's a bookstore, is really... And if, with if, all the rain, it's like, man, yeah, give me a book and a coffee. And here I, like, and I could spend my whole day in a bookstore, whole day. They will have to kick me out and be like, hey, don't you have places to be? <laughs> Are you purchasing those books after that? Mm-hmm. Or are you just reading them and just see you? <laughs> I do, yeah. I buy, I have faces. I'm now, um, again, I buy, I buy, I buy a lot of magazines. And I read a lot of I read a lot of fiction, especially young adult. Like your typical, there's a woman who's a hero or a man who's a hero. I love everything that has to do with dystopian realities. Um alter, alter, like we live on Mars and we have to mine or do something, or we live in different castes in our societies, and some people are more privileged, and then it's the poor, and then some like there's a revolution there's a revolt we fight against the city like i'm a sucker for those stories um i used to leave to read a lot of nonfiction in like a couple of years ago it, it was i was centered on learning and reading books that are about the brain and learning and mm-hmm. self-optimizing and so on and it again it was everything and and it matched i really liked it i learned they put me in the zone it was amazing. And then one time, I can't really pinpoint when, I was like, I couldn't look at them. I couldn't get myself to to, to read them. Yeah. And now my reading is either magazines. Obviously, we read a lot all the time online, LinkedIn, articles, newsletters, and so on, blog posts. Um, but books, it's mainly fiction in the evening or mornings. Or I can relate so much. You know, I feel like, I'm coming to this point right now because mm. I have two nonfiction books not finished, like 50, 60%. And I'm already finishing the third fiction book. So, and those books are still, you know, not finished. And I'm like, eh, there's something there. Yeah. I don't have a mood. Uh, yeah. But, and fiction books are written so easy. So you just, how, how I call it, you just eat the book, you know, so. I love, it's my favorite way to unwind. Like, even if I only read a page because I'm dead tired or I had a long day or whatever, I need a two minutes immersion in that world of fantasy where heroes are battling inequalities and, you know, uh, just to fall asleep in a in a in a peaceful way. Uh, where where do you usually get like your inspiration? Yuri? like where where do you find like what sparks your brain? Where do you get like all fired up ideas? What's what what are the sources? I would say it's total randomness, mm. and I would say it conversation with people mm. and listening to a podcast, reading to a book noticing something in the nature so i i was trying to think you know like recently somebody asked me like how do you get yourself in the like working mode or how do you inspire yourself and i was like i have no ideas 
it's all just you know I I, I imagine that there is just a huge puzzle which consists mm. of books, podcasts, people, like mm. everything, and at some point those pieces are just connecting. I was like, wow, I should do that, and that's yeah. that, that's how it works. And previously, I also tried to hack my brain like how to how to be more productive how to structure your day and all the stuff and now i understood mm -hmm. that like if i would try to be super productive every day i won't because sometimes there will be a days when i can't do anything for example mm -hmm. sometimes i need to strategize but mm -hmm. i just can't Fun. but yeah. i totally understand that at this time i can you know clean the apartment and it's also i i need to do this but i'm not i'm not good for strategizing so why don't i just clean the apartments and the funniest thing is that during this cleaning process good ideas are coming which helps me to strategize so i always like if i'm trying to do something and understand that i can do it i'm always like oh, okay i i'm giving up i'm giving up and doing something something different and then I'm coming back to track. So it's for yeah. me, it, you don't have to, you know, chase, you know, the system and like mm. be in this. Don't force it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't work that way. And uh, when you have an idea, you can work on it. And sometimes I can work, you know, like I can sit from, I don't know, 8 to 12. Mm. And I'm talking about 12 a.m. And uh, while doing something, and sometimes I can't even focus for, I don't know, 15 minutes. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very, it's, it's, it's very. It's riding, I call this riding the energy wave. When yeah. I feel inspired, I'm like, now is the time to sit down or pull out my notes in my, in the iPhone. And then I start jotting down stuff. And 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 when not not, so it's like, if I naturally go, I gravitate towards rest. Then rest it is. If I naturally gravitate towards, I have a lot of like my brain's buzzing. I have to put stuff out there or create or whatever. Then then let's create space for that. I think that's my that's um, yeah, it's a good balance. I, I've recently even had a day when I was like, I started reading a book and I was like, I have a lot of tasks to do, but then. I will read a book. I I just can't do those tasks, and uh, and also you know if you push yourself, sometimes you might feel guilty. And at least for mm. me, it's like, oh, I can't do this. Maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> but then I said, no, it's just not the energy time. Yes. Yeah. That's. I think that's the key. That is self-care right knowing knowing when to pull out knowing when to sit on the bench if today's not the day i sit this one out and we'll see how tomorrow goes that's self-love and self-care but i'm learning i'm learning from yeah, yeah, yeah. our our u.s colleagues and european colleagues because they know how to do it people from ukraine and i bet people from romania do not know how to do it so yes. <laughs> we have a long way to learn <laughs> I have nothing to add there because yes. <laughs> because yes. 
What is your favorite Harry Potter character? I haven't watched Harry Potter and I haven't read the books. Why Maybe so? that's why these people call me crazy. <laughs> so fun. I never, I never, I, I haven't read the books. I knew about the movies. I somehow never got around to see them. I think it was last year or two years ago. I was like, okay, let me let me start watching the movies. And then I start with the first one. And I was like, gosh, like, how is this filmed? Like, it felt just very poorly produced. And I was like, why, why do people? And then my boyfriend was like, but like, wait a minute. This was like, this came out, I don't know, like 10 years ago. Like maybe more. I have no idea when the first one was was. Um, yeah. it's like yeah the special effects were you know a bit different than they are today i watched the first one i don't know i'd say hermione i have no idea i don't know i don't know what their traits are i haven't really spent enough time with them to connect with their personalities i uh, can imagine yours... i feel like this man with this long beard but i don't yes. even hagrives i guess yeah i can i can't say you know like i only watched movies i and uh it was like fun thing to do and i was mm. just imagining what if what if one day i were going through metro or train station and then accidentally go through this platform somewhere to this world and i don't know anyone <laughs> what if yeah like what if and it was fun it was fun to fantasize you know growing up but now i understand that if i will go through the wall most likely i will have brain concussion or something like that so better not to try and it's, it's funny uh, I, I was laughing so hard when i read that um in the uk some people really tried to go through this wall <laughs> so they even had to put a sign so there is no no way out there but still yeah but, but <laughs> i mean i get ever, kids doing that but <laughs> not only but have you ever thought about having a magic wand every now and like every, every i think sometimes you, you know there's the saying if you have a magic one, what would you say? What would you? I think I every now and then I played with that idea, but not. I haven't thought about it seriously. If that's what you're asking, I once, <laughs> I haven't I haven't made a plan to kind of find one. Once I read this book, and uh, it was something like, "You have to do three good things, and you will receive a magic wand." Uh -huh. And uh, I literally believed in it, and I tried to do three good things, but nobody gave oh, me idea. it. But then it was weird for me why this magic wand has only three wishes and mm. this person, character, didn't ask for more magic wands. Because mm. he could literally create like millions of magic wands or make this magic wand unlimited or something like that. But yeah, they were stupid. So <laughs> if somebody will give me a magic wand, I know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Always keep the last wish for to wish for another magic wand right yeah yeah totally and always it's it's always was about like this genie thing like you have only three mm -hmm. wishes i was mm -hmm. like 
why don't wish for more? But it's I feel like it's human greed, you know, and all this stuff. But anyway. Yeah. You know, Anna Maria, I really have so many questions to ask you, and I wish to have the sky's limit to our conversation, but time is the limit. So let's jump to the rapid fire questions. Are oh. you ready? No. Yeah, that's exactly what I expected. <laughs> it doesn't so. matter. <laughs> you have to go through them anyways. <laughs> Berlin or Barcelona? Berlin or Barcelona? Gosh, Berlin. <laughs> it's butter, butter or Nutella? <laughs> Is this a tricky question? <laughs> It depends how you I'm think not, about I'm it. I'm not. This is not even. This is not even a joke. But um, I, I, I'd stick with butter simply because I eat butter more than I eat Nutella. I like Nutella, but yeah, I'll go with butter, and also because butter. So, did you have this chocolate butter in Romania? I remember this chocolate. No, butter I'm happy Ukraine. we didn't. Chocolate butter? No, that sounds like a atrocious <laughs> thing. No. It's crazy. But there's this account on Instagram. I don't know if you found it already. It's, it's a chef. He has a restaurant and he has, he's mixing butter with all sorts of things. Uh, it's uh, If you like butter, it's absolutely madness because he's all sorts of flavored butter with all sorts of stuff. M- Mouth watering. I don't remember now. The, I'll share with you afterwards if you're keen. Got it. I will definitely Ooh. ask you. What are your favorite color and song? Color, I think I would pick yellow. Your t-shirt. <laughs> I like I like uh it it's a very happy color, I think. I like yellow. I like to look at yellow. I'm attracted to yellow things. I find it very soothing and calming and and fun and open. Song um, I never, I never had a fixation with a song. Or today, know. or week. Or... There was a, there's the, there's a nice song. Um, it's called. I'm not sure if it's called like that, but it's. Um, I'm surfing on endorphins. I don't know if you know it. Um, yeah, I don't know who sings it. I don't know. I'm really bad with names and stuff. I don't I don't remember things. I don't remember actresses' names. I'm really bad with general names, band names. All everything has to do with names, movie names. I'm always like, it's the movie where they did this and that. Uh, and I'm like, like, it has to be something very special for me to remember names. I can imagine. So, and welcome to the yellow team. You know, you're not, you're one of the... I'm not, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know at least three more community builders who also left but usually it's green and blue but yeah welcome to the yellow team yellow if you were a superhero what superpower would you have i would like to time travel (laughs) i will ask you two hard questions who do you learn from in the community world just name one person one yes i learned from many but i i found myself just devouring every single newsletter and post that david things puts out lately he's on a roll (laughs) everything he shares i'm like oh 
oh, let me take note of that. Uh, just really good. Yeah. Got it. And name two people who I should definitely reach out and invite to this conversation. Okay. First one, Eche Kurtaner. Kurtaraner. Do you know her? Not no. yet. So Eche Kurtaraner, she's a community consultant. She is uh, advising and working with different communities. She's currently working with the team at Wonder and Generalist world with me mm-hmm. uh she's based in the uk and then the second person is um sarah adefenhiti maybe i i'm sure i mispronounced her name i probably mispronounced <laughs> h is a really good, h if you hear this sorry if i mispronounce your name she's a really good friend of mine um Sarah Adefenhiti, she's the um, community lead for founders and coders. Um, I had a chat with her ever since she was working at Huddlecraft and then she changed and kind of like we keep on, you know, following each other's work and so on. So if you haven't talked to them, Got it. they're fun. They're fun Got to it. talk with. Is there one question that I definitely should have asked you but didn't? the easiest question i guess Uh, i don't know you ask me a lot of good questions this was the most uh, interesting and on non-conformist podcast uh conversation i don't know just the beginning you know i have so many questions to ask you so get ready for the volume two one day it will definitely happen Mm. and yeah, Anna Maria, it's super nice. You know, I I know you. I feel like I know you from the expert point of view mm. because I see a lot of posts of you. I've heard a lot of the Shakers community. I heard a lot of butter, and mm. like it. It feels like I definitely learned a lot from you. And now I'm getting to know you as a person, as a human, which is super nice. And I still I do believe that you know. Ukrainian and Romanian still have very much in common. And it's always it's always nice to talk to you know somebody who understands how it works, how it really works, not how they say it works, but how it really works. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for sharing your at least a small part of your life journey and getting just just a little closer in this human, let's say human kind of conversations thank you so much this was really fun thanks for the conversations and also for the like jumping around i know you warned me that this is going to be the case it was really really fun to experience it um thanks for the curiosity for inquiring for you know for for wanting to learn more about uh, me this was great and see you in the community world but you're there take care and thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friend. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.